night, I'm thinking, Lord, I thought you're asking me to talk to women. I thought you want me to speak. And now I can't see, right? My vision is all blurred and I can't speak. I don't understand what's happening. Stay tuned to hear more from Tess on The Freak Show of Life. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Welcome to Positively Joy. Are you living life but feel like something's missing? You've come to the right place. I'm your host, Yvette Walker, and here we discover the true meaning of joy and learn that it's not just a feeling, it's faith. Jesus says in the Gospel of John chapter 15 that we can be filled with the only joy that will complete us simply by abiding in the Father's love and doing His will. This season, we will explore finding joy by walking with God in our everyday lives. Stay with us and hear other stories as they too have walked this path of discovery. Listen, sisters and brothers, let me tell you about Tess Scott. She's a mother of eight and grandmother of nine who has been set free by the Lord and has learned to get through what she calls the freak show of life with humor and grace. Her book and company of the same name, Listen, Sister, helps women come together for encouragement wrapped in laughter and grounded in biblical truths. Here's Tess. Hi, Tess. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited. I'm pretty excited to talk to a mother of eight and grandmother of nine. Listen, I can't even comprehend what that's like. And I would love to talk to you a little bit about your family today. Uh, You have a lot of life lessons to give us as a mother of eight and a grandmother of nine and how that's connected with your faith. Uh, We're going to get into that. Um, I definitely want to talk about this this freak show you call life. I want to talk about that a little bit today. Um, But first, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit better. Uh, Tell us a, a little bit about your background and your faith walk. How did you get to Uh, the faith you have today? Mm. So um, as I, when I was growing up, my grandfather took us to church and he also drove around town and picked up all the kids whose parents didn't go to church. You know, the ones that were sleeping in on Sunday morning, loaded them all into the back of his car because there was no seatbelts back then. Like you could just pile up kids right to the top of the car if you wanted, bring them all to Sunday school. So that's what my grandpa did. So he had a big, my grandparents had a big, big influence on our lives which I'm so thankful. And I'm sure that they also prayed for us, you know, so, so much. And um, I'm thankful for that too. When I um, became maybe a teenager, late teens, I guess, I walked away from the Lord. Like, you know, I was too busy. I had too many plans and that wasn't going to be part of it. I didn't think. So I made lots and lots of bad decisions. And I always call myself a a black sheep um, turned Jesus girl now because those decisions, even though, you know, they have consequences that are less than stellar, let's say. And, uh, but the Lord redeemed those things and he took my life and turned it around. So I still have this, I mean, I have those 
things like that huge, big family. It's a blended family and all the things I've been through and God took them and he uses them in stories that I can write about in my book and sharing with other people and being able to empathize with women when they're in those kinds of situations, whether they're abused or whether they're divorced or whatever it is and use it for his good, you know, and I'm so thankful for that. Wow. Now, your book is called Listen, Sister, Finding Hope in the Freak Show of Life. And, you know, I think God gives us those life lessons because we can share those with others. Can you, you know, can you give us a little bit of a description, perhaps, of one of those black sheep moments that now you're able to use and help other people? Hmm. Black sheep moments. (laughs) So many. (laughs) Boy, there's just so many. (laughs) Um, I would say, think about this, like there's so many stories of when, when I was a kid growing up and one of the things would be, um, I tell a story about when I was a little kid, maybe it's not a black sheep moment, but a story of when I was a child and I really want, I was born on, I was raised on a farm Mm -hmm. and do you know what a corn crib is? A corn crib. Yeah. Is it kind of a trough where you put corn? Well, it's like a big wooden outside, um, not a building, but an outside area that you would put corn, like whole corn cobs in. And it was uh-huh. huge, like nine or 15 feet high. And it was all just wood slats. Mm-hmm. And, and my dad kept the corn in there. And when I was a small child, I wanted to climb in that. Right. Because like, how fun is that? I thought I could climb to the moon. It was like this glorious pile of corn. And I was probably four or five or something. I really just wanted to climb it. And my dad said no. And I was like devastated because he ruined my life because I was four and, you know, I was a little drama queen. Right. And I, I just remember like, even though it was like a lot of years ago, I still remember the feeling of being so disappointed that my dad did not let me climb this huge hill of beautiful corn in, you know, to get up to the sky. And a few years ago, my dad um, had cancer and I was able to be with him in the end of his life. And we talked about a lot of things. And one of the things I said to him was, dad, I still have a bone to pick with you about when I was little and you didn't let me climb in the corn crib. And my dad said, Tess, there were rats in the corn crib. And I was like, wow, (laughs) like, thank you for not letting me climb in the corn crib. Right. But I think that's like God, right? We don't see the whole picture. We ask for these things And we don't always get exactly what we think is best. We don't get, you know, sometimes God doesn't do or give us what we're asking because he knows the reason why Mm -hmm. rats in the corn crib. There's a reason why. And sometimes we find out what that reason is. And sometimes we just won't until we see him face to face. But we Mm. know he's our father and he knows best for us because he only loves us and he cares, you know, for what. He cares the best for us. He knows what's best for us. And we have to just trust that. I was just going to use that word trust. Yeah. Because like you said, now you had the opportunity to have a conversation with your father um, years later. And he explained that to you. He couldn't explain that to you when you were four. I mean, you may have known what a rat was. I mean, but it just wouldn't have the same. Now, if you were 10, maybe, or 15, (laughs) then you would know, yeah, I probably do not want to climb. Yeah. And with some rats. 
Um, but like you said, with our Heavenly Father, we might not know, ever know yeah. the answer. So we just have to trust. That's right. Yeah, definitely. He's trustworthy. We know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Positively Joy podcast is a member of the Spark Media Network and can be heard on the Edify app. You know, it's pledge season on some public radio networks. We don't do that here, but we can't exist without your support. Join my friend SP in becoming a Patreon monthly giver. You can give as little as $5 and receive some great benefits. Go to PositivelyJoy.com and click support. Did you always want to have a big family? You have a big family and all boys, right? Yes, all boys. It wasn't exactly my plan, (laughs) you know, like so many things are not. I think probably growing up, I thought I'd have, you know, three or four kids or something. You know, I was, I'm from a family of four. I have three younger brothers. My dad is from a big farm family of 12. So I have 35 first cousins on my dad's side. And 35, wow. Yeah, and none on my mom's side. She's the only child. So I'm used to big families in that way. Um, but I had, so I had my first child when I was 19. And I was only married a year because in 1985, when you got pregnant, you got married. That's just what happened. It didn't matter. Like, it's not like that now, but that's what, ha- that's what you were to do. Right. So that's what we did. And it lasted one whole year. And then I got divorced and these are the back, this is the black sheep decisions here. And then, um, a few years later, I got married again and had some more kids, three more kids and adopted a son who's special needs. We were foster parents at the time. So we always had a big, like a lots of kids running around, right. Lots of kids. It was always a freak show. And that, marriage ended in divorce. And then I married my husband, Rick, and we, and he had two boys. So now we're up to seven, seven boys. And we thought this is an, this is an odd number. We probably should have one more. No, that's not what we thought, but we did have (laughs) one more. (laughs) I'm just being funny. No, we did have one more. So we have eight boys um, between us. It's a blended family. And a few years into that marriage, um, our marriage um, my husband was going to leave and I was devastated. Like I was now living for the Lord, right? Like a lot of, a lot of things had transpired over that time. And I was like, I loved the Lord and I couldn't believe that this was going to happen. And I was like face first in the green carpet in my bedroom, begging God, like, please don't let this happen. Partly because I don't want to be a single mom again. Partly because there is, there was a shame to it. Like, married three times, four times, like how, like I'm not Elizabeth Taylor over here. Like how, how many marriages does one woman need, you know? And there's even shame in the church with it. I mean, yes. there just is. And I didn't want that. And, and yet God allowed it. He allowed my husband to leave. I prayed every day that he would come back and God would reconcile our marriage. And I met with him like a year later and I said, you know, I don't want to be alone. I don't want, I'm not going to date anyone if we're still married and can we work on it? And he said, no, I'm fine. I don't, I'm, I'm not interested. So I was like, okay, well, so then we got divorced and um, three years after that, he got, he came back like, and God reconciled our relationship and we got remarried. Wow. How freaky is that? That's freaky. That's it. That's another book test. I mean, come I on. I know. I know. It's amazing. It's like, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me and to our whole family. 
you know, what a gift that is. There's not a day go by that I don't think like what a gift that is that God reconciled our marriage. And he doesn't always do that. We, I always knew he could do it, right? I never doubted that God had the power to do it. I didn't know if it was what was best, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I need, and I also, I needed that time that those years because I needed to grow closer to God that way. Like there's things that I experienced that I wouldn't have, if that wouldn't have happened. So I'm thankful for it. Do I want it to happen again? No, no, I do not. But, but I am thankful for it at the same time. So how long have you been together since the remarriage? Um, So that was in 2016. So I guess that's six years. Okay. So wonderful. Yeah. You are resonating with me in a big way right now. And and probably to a lot of our listeners, because I was married, I got a divorce and that man actually passed away maybe three years after we got divorced. So it, it's, it was weird. It felt like I wasn't really a widow, but what was I? It was weird. Yeah. I was afraid of, I thought I was afraid of being alone. And what I really was afraid of was never being loved anymore. Had this kind of breakthrough moment with God who said, well, I love you. And then, so I spent some time not dating or anything, just spending time with him. So when you, when you tell me that, that yeah. is something that he allows to happen for some women. He allowed it to happen for you and for me and probably a lot of women. And you are absolutely right. There is a moment, there are experiences that you have with him. You're not with anybody else and you wouldn't have those experiences if you were with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's priceless. It really is. Yeah. And I'm really thankful for it. And I really had to learn my identity in Christ Right. And I think that's that's a big thing, like learning who I am. I struggled with that and still sometimes struggle with it. You know, the enemy wants to say to me, like, you're rejected or you're, you know, you're you're the person that you were in the past. Right. You've been married all these times. Oh, my goodness. And you've made all these mistakes and look at all these things you've done. But God doesn't say that. So I have keep have to keep going back to who does God say I am? Mm. Right. And the only way I know who I am, because God's my creator, he gets to say who I am. And the only way we know that is by being in the word, because that's all we know that we know that we know that's true is God's word. It never changes. So we have to keep that in our mind all the time, like just bringing it in, bringing it in, filling our head with truth all the time. So true. I've talked with so many women who are accomplished Uh, I was talking with a pastor just today who said that every day on a Thursday, after she had written her sermon, she could expect it. The enemy would come and make her hate her sermon, doubt her sermon. She said it happened weekly. I knew it was going to come, Um, even though I knew it still came. So, yes. So, but as you note, what she had to do was hold on to the promises and hold on to the faithfulness of of God. So you are so right. Yeah. Yeah. So you are, you're back with your husband, um, your, your children are some, some older, well, obviously older, cause you've got, you've got grandchildren. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you were lying face down on the carpet and your book cover has someone lying face down in a field of, it looks yeah. like a field of grass. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just so great. Um, and it talks about the freak show, but how can the freak show be beautiful? Oh man, I think like, I I love the thought of the freak show because it feels like you're in a freak show sometimes in life. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, 
like my goal or my mission, I guess, is to, to say to women, like all of our lives are a freak show, like nobody's life, whether you don't have any kids or you have eight kids or wherever part you are in life. I think that women think that um, other people have different kinds of lives than them. And theirs is a freak show. And so they can't do, you know, whatever, anything important or whatever. Um, but I think that that like, that's not true. And I forgot your question. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's my freak show in my head. Well, no, no, no. You're answering it. So how can the freak show be beautiful? Oh yeah, that's it. I think being present, like that's what I was going to say. Just, just enjoying that day and being thankful. That's something that I've learned to do over that time, over that time of just me and the Lord was every day I write down three, three gifts, like three things I'm thankful for that day. And it really does change the way that you think and change and being thankful to the Lord. So I make a point of texting my brother every morning, three things. And he texts me every morning, three things that we're so thankful for and giving, it's like the sacrifice of praise to God. You know, I'm so thankful for whatever it is. Sometimes it's like the smell of coffee or, you know, it's not going to snow anymore, please. Or you know, maybe, it's, maybe it's how beautiful the snow looks in the trees, but mm-hmm. that would be him, not me. Um, yeah. And, and I think that really, really helps. Well, you're in Ontario, Canada. I grew up in Chicago, so I understand the snow. I completely understand. But sometimes that can be beautiful too. Well, and often, I mean, really it can be beautiful often. It's just, it's just when you have to go to work or to school and trudge in it, that it's not so great, but yeah, we can see those blessings and give thanks for them. um, Even when in a particular day, we're not feeling that great. I really love that. I also love the word you said you needed to be present. Mm-hmm. And I love that you are being open with him daily, like in your day. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, this season we're, we're talking about being open with God and, and even um, being, I guess, responsible to his prompting. Yes. It's, you know, and, and you beginning your day giving thanks and understanding that it may be a free show, but it's your free show. And it's yeah. the free show he gave you. So it's a beautiful free show. Um, no, it's so beautiful. I really love that. So yeah. while you are being open and grateful, uh, but you know, some days we have our good days, we have our bad days. Uh, is there a scripture that you cling to in those times? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the one of the scriptures that I really like is First um, Thessalonians five eleven that says, "Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing." Because I really mm-hmm. feel called to encourage other women. And even if you don't feel like, maybe you're not feeling like you have anything to give, like I can't sing, I have the most terrible singing voice, or I'm, you know, I'm not a great baker or whatever. Like other people are so much more talented. Everybody can encourage people. Everybody can say something encouraging to someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, and it really makes a difference. It really, really does. No, I, I agree with you. You told me that your signature um, quote is to fill your head with truth. What do you mean by that? Well, like I was saying, um, there's all kinds of things that are coming into our head all the time, especially now with social media. I mean, you're reading things constantly. There's beeps going on. There's all these things happening. There's hardly any time of quiet unless you are intentionally spending quiet time which I would recommend 
spending quiet time in the word every day and getting that into your head Mm. because your thoughts are going to affect your emotions and then affect your actions and then inevitably affect consequences. And we need truth going around and around in your head. So when you are reading the word and, and really getting that truth in your head, I'm just trying to see how I want to, I want to ask this question. When you think about your younger days, mm-hmm. how do you think about them and not being let the enemy pull you back or pull you down? I mean, the, the question is, what do you wish you, know, you knew when you were you know, now? Mm-hmm. I guess you, you wouldn't know that you were younger that you know now. But I want to add on to that and say, we think about those times when maybe we were black sheep or maybe we just did not, you know, do what we should have done. And instead of learning from that, the enemy wants to use that. And as you said earlier, pull us back to the past and just tell us that we're not good. We're not good. So filling your head with truth, how does that, I guess, help you in that regard? It reminds me of who I am, right? I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm redeemed. I'm chosen. All those things. And sometimes it's not even like in the morning I do get up. I like to get up early when the house is quiet and and be in my Bible. But also it's like putting a an index card above my kitchen sink where I can read that verse all day, every time I'm standing there. Or I guess if you're somebody who's on your phone all the time, you could put it as your screensaver on your phone so that you're reading it over and over on wherever you wherever you can put it, that you can read those words all the time and remember that that's truth because, and you're not gonna know what's true if you're not reading it. Mm-hmm. You don't know if that thought's true if you don't have anything to compare it to. And you have to stop and say, is this true? Am I really a loser? I feel like a loser, but this is not what God says. God doesn't say I'm a loser. He says I'm, you know. Right. So I think you have to be intentional and ask God to show you too. That's the other part of it. I have a a mentor and her name's Aunt Beth. See, I don't even say her name right. Her name is Aunt Bet Elizabeth. And she, I, um, I spend a lot of time with her. She just passed away in, in February and she was 97. And she was an amazing, amazing woman of God. She encouraged more women than probably everybody put together. She was amazing. And she talked about the Lord like he was like attached to her, like a Siamese twin. She loved him so much. And she would, she had what she called arrow prayers. So she said, it's just an arrow prayer. I just say, well, Lord, do that, please. You know, well, Lord, please. And it wasn't anything fancy. It was just knowing he's right there all the time. I love that. That is someone with strong faith yes. who who doesn't need flowery prayers, who yes. doesn't need, and that's another thing about I think that keeps people sometimes from acting on that faith. I know there was a time when I was very uncomfortable praying out loud, thinking that I wasn't adequate, I didn't use the right words. You know, again, the enemy is telling you all this stuff. So mm-hmm. I love Aunt Bet. She's just like, Yeah, Lord, I want that. Please give it to me now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was. She was amazing. She said um, every morning she would lay in her bed and she would say, well, Lord, is today the day I get to come see you? You know, because she was 97. Mm-hmm. She said the Lord would say, no, old lady, I got stuff for you to do. Get out of bed. And <laughs> so she would get up and she was still baking cookies for people down the street to cheer them up and leading a ladies Bible study and all these things, writing letters to politicians and like just 
amazing. And all her whole life was loving other people all the time. And, you know, was her life perfect? No, but she was an amazing mentor. Yeah. And that's what I want to be. I want to encourage other women. That's what God wants us to do, I think. Mm. And you certainly are doing that through um, through your book and through your website. So let's talk about that a little bit. Talk about the book, um, Listen, Sister, um, and also about the business, Listen, Sister. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, well, I knew that the Lord wanted me to share my story, my stories. And what the book is, it's just a whole bunch of short stories. So it's not about my life as per like, the chronological order of my life. It's more about like the time at the corn crib or, you know, the time my kids, you know, tied up one of them to the tree and like, you know, things like that. And then what the lesson that I learned from it and a verse at the end of it. And there's probably, I think there's about 95 stories and um, there are only about, take about two minutes to read. You could read it while you're in the bathroom, locked away from your kids. So you get two minutes of silence, you know, it doesn't take very long, but hopefully it's encouraging. And I knew God wanted me to do that. And I didn't, I didn't want to, because a, it's very vulnerable to share your mistakes and um, the things that, yeah, your bad choices and all that. And I share it with honesty and with humor, um, but truth, but truthfully. So that's a vulnerable thing. And also because I thought like, who am I? To, who would listen to Tess Scott? Oh my word. Of all people in the world, like, <laughs> come on. And I guess that's not unusual because people in the Bible said that when God asked them to do things like not me, because I can think of lots of people who would be better at this, but that's not what God said. He said, I want you, Tess Scott, to share your stories of your life. And so um, that's what I'm doing. And and uh, the other thing that I do is I go to different groups of women and, and share, like from a platform. So I really love that. I really love talking to women and seeing, and seeing them face to face and meeting them where they are in their life and what they're struggling with and to be able to offer them hope, like to point them to Jesus. That's, that's your only hope. So true. Did the business grow from the book or the other way around? Um, it's kind of hand in hand. Like I just started. I Isn't this crazy? Last year at this time, um, I was working full time at a college and I thought the Lord wanted me to write. And I was just doing blogs. And um, what happened was one day I got up and I noticed that my smile was kind of crooked. The day before my eyes were kind of blurry, but you know, I'm, I wear like trifocals. I'm kind of older. And uh, so I thought, Oh, it's just my vision's changing, you know? So then I got up and I was like doing something, putting on makeup and my smile was kind of like crooked. And I thought that doesn't look great. Um, so I still went to work, of course. And I said to my boss later on when he got there, like, look at my smile. And he's like, Whoa, you need to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and they got you, they get you right in when they think you're having a stroke mm-hmm. and uh, called my husband and my husband came. And by the time he got there, my words were all garbled and I couldn't, um, I couldn't get the words out that I wanted to even worse than now. And so they thought, you know, she's having a stroke or something. They're doing all these things, tests. And inside I'm thinking, Lord, I thought you're asking me to talk to women. I thought you want me to speak and now I can't see, right? My, my vision is all blurred and I can't speak. I don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
So what happened was it was, it's called a TIA. So like a little mini stroke kind of warning thing with no sight, with no long lasting effects, thank goodness. And I went home after I was in the hospital a few days, went home. And I said to my husband, like, I don't understand. I guess this was just a false alarm. And my husband said, and he is an amazing man. He said, but what if it's not a false alarm? What if it's a real alarm? Because we only have so many days. Our days are numbered. God knows how many days we have. He's asking you to share your story. And you don't have time because you're working, because you're doing whatever, all these things, and you don't have time. But but time is going. You know, time is ticking away. What if this is a real alarm saying to you, Tess, this is important. You need to do it. And I went to work the next day and I handed in my notice that I was quitting work. And um, you know, my husband will have to work 10 years longer or something. And um, yeah, and that was a year ago right now. And I got a, a contract with Morgan James Publishers and then wrote a book and <laughs> started speaking. And here we are. So I really don't know what I'm doing. One foot in front of the other, one day at a time, whatever doors God opens, I that's what I do. Wow. But when you're telling me this and I am hearing you I'm hearing you obeying. I'm hearing you. And it, it, true enough, it took you a minute to figure out exactly what it all meant. Again, we're human. We don't know everything, right? But right. thank God for your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, bless him for encouraging you in that way. Um, yeah. Because some some people might not have done that. But you basically, you turned, you just put everything down and said, okay, Lord, we're going to do it now. That is definitely walking with God in your day-to-day. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's right for everyone or everyone can do that. I have to tell you, there are days when I'm saying, there's just too much going on. And am I doing everything I need to do? And um, I'm like you, I'm getting, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I know how old I am. I'm getting closer to retirement age. And I'm like, well, can I hold out? Can I wait? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, no. Um, that's, it's wonderful that you did that. And look how he was faithful. Yeah. Look how he's just gave, just served everything on a plate to you. Not that you didn't do hard work and you yes. wrote the book, obviously. But yes. yeah, you did not, you had no idea that was coming, right? Right. I mean, I didn't even know what to expect. I, I thought, okay, I don't know how to write a book. So I'm just going to write this story and mm-hmm. then another one and then another one. <laughs> I don't know. I'll send in a, I'll send in a book proposal and we'll see what happens. Like, it's like, I can't do anything about it. I just do that day what I'm supposed to do. And then mm-hmm. whatever happens with it happens. Right. I, I can't, it's, it's almost like maybe it's more freeing. I wonder if I was like a very like educated um, talented journalist, writer, person, you know, that had all this education, maybe I would feel more like it's on me, but because I don't have any of those things, like I didn't even go to post-secondary school. I'm, you know, I got pregnant at 19. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. And yet God opens the doors. It's like, he says, okay, I just want you to take these two steps. So I said, okay, I'll take the two steps. And then I just wait and whatever he does, he does. Like it's nothing to do with me. So in a way, I wonder if maybe that's just like maybe a little bit easier in some ways because I can't do it. So he's going to yeah. have to. That's I mean, it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I mean, it's blessed simplicity, just like you said. That's and it. we just, you know, we just make things too complicated sometimes, don't we? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. OK, so let's uh, let's pe- uh, let's let people know how to find you. Um, where is uh, your website and how can they find you on social? 
uh, and so that we can learn much more about these wonderful stories. Yeah, so my website is um, tessgott.com. And so if you go there, you can get linked to some blogs and the book and all what's happening. And there's a newsletter you can sign up for to see what's happening in the freak show this week. Um, I try to do it weekly. And on socials, on Facebook and on Instagram, it's Listen Sister Encouragement. So um, maybe we can put a link in for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. I have really enjoyed talking with you today. I love your stories. I also love um, your authenticity and your honesty. It's been really, really great. I encourage everybody to get the book, uh, Listen, Sister, and learn more about not only your freak show, but their freak show. Because like you said, we already have our own freak show. But just understanding how we can just let that go to God and he will take care of that. And also the lesson about the blessed simplicity and just not making everything so complicated. If he gives you a message, then you have to listen to that message and just do it. And that's really what I I hope people take from the conversations that I'm having this season. It's not saying it's easy to do, but the more we can release, we can watch him work. Yes. Yes. I love that. And it gets easier, I think, as you go along. Thank you so much, Tess. Thanks for that. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Positively Joy. Please leave us a review and a ranking wherever you are listening. Special thanks to music composer Morel Sanders and to editor Susan Marie. For more podcasts, go to thejam.online to listen to Journalists Advancing Ministry about journalists who have left media for the ministry. And go to Amazon.com to read Whispering in His Ear, my book of devotions that include life lessons, prayers, and journal writing, along with multimedia songs and spoken word. For Positively Joy t-shirts and other merch, go to PositivelyJoy.com and click shop. Shop.